you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast knows what cosplay is. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, he's alive. Don't you ever count him out. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, team? Hey, Dan. You really threw me for a loop there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why is there a phone on the desk? You're, ask, you're really asking why there's a phone on the desk. I know you've been under the weather, Mark. But today, it's back for the third time. Oh, yeah, baby. You're the GM. Just setting you up. It's a prop. <laughs> it was a setup? Yeah. You see, you, you were out of the office, but you never lost the sharpness that makes Not one of the, the best podcasters Not in the uh, National Football League sector. Comes back as John Stockton. Just setting you up. I like you. Know, we're at the we're at the stage of the careers. We're like, yeah, the comedy's. You know, we need a little extra. Let's bring in the props. <laughs> we're at the Gallagher stage of our <laughs> podcast, uh, which is you know made a lot of money. He made guap. My dad was not a big respected, Gallagher but fan. yeah, very rich. I yeah, uh, my buddy Bob was a big Gallagher fan as a child. I remember watching uh, some of the videos. I I thought you know being in the front row. Isn't he like routinely seen as a hack by other comedians these days? I think you prop comics get banged and get dinged a lot. Yeah. But the the Gallagher story is kind of fascinating because his own brother, uh, he didn't <laughs> Welcome steal. Welcome to the Gallagher podcast. He didn't steal. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. No, this is the Gallagher <laughs> podcast. His own brother, his own flesh and blood, uh, took the borrowed the Gallagher brand name and just started touring the country saying he was Gallagher. And that led to massive litigation. Look it up. It's a nice wiki. I've watched the yeah. movie. Right. That That's much more interesting to me than... Gallagher's show itself. Yeah, I would watch. Well, you say that now, that though, as a a thirty-eight-year-old man. But think about when you were eight. The watermelon getting crushed by the sledgehammer. Not bad. I'm not sure I want Gallagher around my children. Should a comedian's target (laughs) audience be the same as Disney's? Yeah, Disney has done pretty well uh, historically targeting (laughs) that market. I'm gonna grow up and be a comedian, gearing my material to children. (laughs) Um, All right. This podcast is for grown-ups. The Around the NFL podcast. Although teens, you know, check with your parents first. You're welcome to listen as well. It's good to get that out there 600 episodes in. Uh, today's show... The, the teens are really anyone under 30 have no idea who Gallagher is. So well, that's good. start We're, plugging back into the show. It's a teaching, it's a teaching tool, this show. Uh, some news, including a multiple Pro Bowl wide receiver once again... On the street without a job. And yes, oh, Chris Wessling, you know what time it is, baby. Schedule release time. It dropped on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we are going to dig in a little bit on the schedule. 
Uh, and Wes, you you seem to always turn your nose up at the the schedule release, but for the common football fan, it's a nice little thing to have. You get to look at the schedule, you get to pick win loss, win loss. It's all, you know. <laughs> It's kind of silly, but it's fun. It's part of being a football fan. It's an artificial construct. None of it means no, it's, anything it's, for six months. It's not an artificial. It's here is literally the schedule. This is who you're going to play. Right, but I could find out the same information the day before the season, and it wouldn't affect my life any differently. I think it's different if you if you root for a team. Oh, absolutely. You, then you plug in. You say you, you care about the opening game. You look at what primetime games you have, and it doesn't provide any more information. I agree with you there. But as a fan, I, I mean, from the earliest days as a football fan, rip open that USA Today when the schedule came out pre-internet, and it was the I could it was and it was almost always give me oh, a break. Oh, 10 and six, we'll huge right. mo. Ten and six, you're rolling <laughs> in it, Marty Schottenheimer. Come on. Yeah, if my soul, if my soul wasn't hollow, I would definitely be interested <laughs> it in. It plays schedules. a big part. It does. One yeah. of my best friends is getting married, and we are going to Tennessee when the Patriots play the Titans well for her bachelorette party, and we've already yeah, booked it you because make, we found out yesterday. You gotta I make like some that. plans. So. That's it. That's, that's a good, big. That's a good bachelorette party. That is also, and we're going to get to it, the Malcolm Butler revenge game. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yes, as I said, you're the GM returns to close out the show. Let's get right to it, Erica. Let's do some news. Yes, Brandon Marshall is once again unattached to a football team. Uh, The man who signed a two-year, $12 million deal with the New York Giants last March. Uh, did not have any chemistry at all with Eli Manning and then broke his ankle in week six, ending his season. And now the Giants have moved on. And um, Mark, this is there's a lesson to be learned here because uh, Des Bryant has been very clear uh, that he wants to stay in the NFC East and, and the Giants he kind of bandied about or somebody kind of floated it to him and he was like, oh, I, I, like, the, I like that. Brandon Marshall gets on social media. No room, bro, or something like that. Like, literally 48 hours later, he's no longer in the room. Yeah, and I've not been the most plugged-in human on the planet to NFL goings-on over the last 48 hours, but Gettleman sounded open to bringing, or at least the idea of Des Bryant, and then he's working out with Odell Beckham, and it's like maybe the stars begin to align for a team that beyond Beckham has Sterling Shepard and... Roger Lewis, I, I and not much else at wide receiver. And Evan Ingram. I mean, they've got a great a tight end, but that's got two, wide receiver. Two great wide receivers. The New York Post very definitively said Dez is not going there. And they didn't put any sources or anything on it. They just sort of said it and didn't bet. So that makes me think they know, but they can't. They can't credit Gettleman, and apparently Dez isn't going to happen. There. I didn't even realize Brandon Marshall was still on the team. I thought they had gotten right. rid of him a couple months ago. I think like I think a lot of people did. We all had that experience of like two weeks ago looking at the depth chart and saying, why is Brandon Marshall's name still on the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's easy to forget now, but Marshall um, was, and we talked about it on the podcast, he had uh, so many great statistical years, never made the playoffs, obviously, which is – Unfortunately, something that's sticking to him. Uh, but there was a point after that one big season he had with the Jets where he seemed if he could just string together a few more seasons, he could be a, a Hall of Fame guy potentially. And that's not happening. Now his career seems to be in a downturn. Do we think he's going to get a job? I don't. I, I think it. it's easy to forget how bad he was last year. And he was bad the year before with the Jets, but with the Giants, remember the first couple of games when he had like one catch a piece in in those games it was a disaster as the Giants' the offense was in the tank. And I, I, it's, he's just one of those guys. I don't think he separates anymore. And I think teams question his motivation with the TV show, with you know inside the NFL that he was on. And I think teams are like, okay, is this guy really into football now? Well, he doesn't want to play outside. He, he said he doesn't want to play outside of New York. Well, you've run out of options in New York City area in terms of football teams. So. Unless you want to fly down from Buffalo or latch on with the Eagles, neither of those are happening. I think he shifts into television. Moving on, a great, an all-time great of the Indianapolis Colts has decided to retire. Dwight Freeney uh, has opted to end his career 16 seasons. He signs a one-day contract to retire as a Colt. He was selected 11th overall in 2002. That's when I graduated college. Uh, he was uh, not the biggest guy, but amazing speed, really uh, quick, and knew how to get to the quarterback. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Colts in 2007, uh, Greg, and had some nice seasons with the Falcons as well. Uh, and now Freeney hangs it up. Is this a Hall of Famer? I, I think he is definitely a Hall of Famer. Robert Mathis just retired. James Harrison just retired. Dwight Freeney just retired. And to me, Freeney is the guy out of that group that's going to get in quicker than 
uh, if not right away, because there was never, there hasn't been really a player quite like him. Not just the spin move, but the spin, his dip around the edge, and just the amount of years that he did it. People on Twitter, I saw kind of comparing him to Mathis. The numbers are are kind of the same. It's like people, they weren't worried about Mathis the same way that they were about Dwight Freeney. He was such a just a naturally gifted and and student of the game. And you're right. You mentioned the Falcons. He had a nice career after the Colts quietly where he actually made some impact with the Chargers, uh, with the Cardinals. He he had a sack and seven hurries in the Super Bowl, played very well for the Falcons that year. So I think he's a no-doubter. I believe of the 16 players who have more career sacks than Dwight Freeney, the only one eligible for the Hall of Fame who's not in is Leslie O'Neill, which speaks that Freeney's probably getting in. And I think younger fans, you know, you might have seen late career Freeney with the spin move that everyone remembers. But young Freeney was like, I remember when he and Javon Curse had like the quickest first steps for a pass rusher that anyone had seen. And it was right off the bat. Like right when he entered the league, he was a supernova. I yeah. mean, he was immediately one of the top five pass rushers in the league and stayed it for most of the first decade of his career. There just aren't that many players like that that kind of stay at that elite level. It still bothers me, though, that you could tell someone getting drafted next week you were going to have a mirror image career of James Harrison and probably not make the Hall of Fame. Like, you'll retire roughly 18 years from now and make the biggest play in Super Bowl history, be defensive player of the year, and be one of the most disruptive players is that of your entire decided? era. Is no, that I just think, I think, I think that we decided on the last show that it's going to take, it's going to take a long time. I would vote for him, but it's like, in. Come on, just expand the hall, make it bigger, put more, put more headshots and head statues in there, whatever it takes. And headshots. Put them in there. <laughs> Take like one of the Hollywood headshots. Sure. When you, you're driving down Maybe the street Maybe just a, head, like a headshot section for the guys we're not as sure about. I mean, he, he <laughs> Freeney, uh, I, I was rooting for him, not in that Super Bowl, but after talking to him that week, like he, he's been a leader everywhere he, he goes. Melvin Ingram says he is responsible for turning Melvin Ingram's career around in Los Angeles, uh, in San Diego. And, and Freeney was killing Nate Solder in that game. And that yes, would have been was. an interesting moment, kind of a little bit like Michael Strahan, not with the team that he was always with, but an all-time great having an all-time performance at like 36 years old to help his team win the Super Bowl. So you wanted the Patriots to lose. No, I'm saying I, was, I liked Freeney personally. Okay. I did not want him. Patriots list. In other news, the Baltimore Ravens still trying to upgrade upgrade uh, that receiving group, and now they have signed New Orleans Saints restricted free agent wideout Willie Sneed to a two-year offer sheet worth up to $10.4 million. Rap sheet reported. The Saints have five days to match the tender. Uh, Wes, if the Saints do not match that tender and he joins the Ravens, is this a big upgrade for that unit? I like it, and I think this was a smart move that you can look at the Saints and what they've done with Cam Meredith, and they just re-signed Brandon Coleman, and you say, well, where does Willie Sneed fit into that if you're the Ravens? Why not go poach him? And, and he's, you know, last year he had a three-game suspension and a hamstring injury and never really got into the offense, but the two years before that, he's a really good slot receiver. I think that's a good fit between John Brown and Michael Crabtree in Baltimore. I think back in Orlando, Greg and I might have seen the – precursor to this um, we were in a hotel room uh you know the side room from where we were doing the right. interviews are essentially our green room it was not green but it was no. we, we had the door open a nice orlando breeze coming in and i was in there alone initially and heard uh an nfl agent storming across a yard down below and trying to hide himself while right on below the, phone, the window right below the window in a it's like mixed, a Shakespeare play. Yeah, it was amid like five or six like children of Eagles assistants playing yeah. uh, football. And he was screaming about a, a deal about basically a restricted free agent going to start somewhere else. And Greg came in the room and I told him and Greg quickly put it together. Well, it's got to be Willie Sneed. Well, well, we went and checked. We went we, and looked. We saw who the agent was, and then I checked. And how many restricted free agents? I mean, were anyone could put Willie it together Sneed's now. Production, though. Willie Sneed's name was in the in the news uh, as you know, possibly signing elsewhere. Then it went. And that dark. was his agent. Here you go. That's some impressive sleuth work. That's very nice. And uh, this is a little more troubling, actually. Willie Sneed on Twitter, his comments on the current situation. I'ma keep screaming it out loud. Hashtag trust God. Oh, he's saying trust God. Okay, that's not as troubling. I thought he was saying, I'm just going to keep screaming. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's happy. There was some sort of falling out between him. Trust God! 
There's some sort of falling out where he became an enemy of too. that coaching staff on some level. He was in their doghouse. There was never really reported why, but but he was. This also points out, I think, one less place for Des Bryant to go because I, I don't think they're going to sign Des Bryant after spending money on Willie Sneed. So if he's not going to the Giants or Ravens, where is he going? That It's becoming a little bit of an issue for Des, and uh, I, I just finished this photo gallery about guys that look out of place in uniforms later in their career, and there was some discussion internally, should we wait until Des signs? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know when Des is going to sign. That could be something that drags out. It's got a nice spot on the Graybeards, but how about Des Bryant, color commentator, ESPN Monday Night Football? <laughs> Now we're just still a space open. open. Just ended his career. It was <laughs> funny watching the uh, rap sheet video on this the other day. You know, he's talking about the teams that are interested, and he's like, you know, the Buffalo Bills have been interested from the beginning, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terrell Owens went there. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to see Des Bryant in Buffalo. And I, I shout out to all the Bills fans listening uh, in Western New York, but eh, just doesn't feel right. Des nah. in Buffalo. I don't like it. Freezing his they should ass get an extra two or three million dollars in the salary cap just for the weather in Buffalo. So, yeah, like a little, I so agree. Little advantage. So agree. Lake effect snow, bro. Uh, all right, that's what's happening in the news. Oh yeah, it is time. Let's talk about the schedule was released uh, on Thursday night. Uh, let's start right at the top. The first game of the year. We did an NFL Network hit that may or may not have aired, uh, but we definitely recorded one up here on Tuesday. What what was our choice? For the opening night game, well, the the choice by the men that get locked in that room on Park Avenue was a rematch of a playoff game, an underrated playoff game, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and the Atlanta Falcons squaring off. uh, So the Eagles begin their title defense against the team, and people forget this, the team in the Falcons that were at the goal line late in that divisional round playoff game, and if not, and you can't really know for sure, but I'm, I'm going to say it. If not for Julio Jones slipping in the end zone, another, if you're a Falcons fan, you're just killing yourself year after year with these what-ifs, uh, he might come down with that ball. And it's the Falcons that are one step closer to avenging Super Bowl 51, but it wasn't to be. Now they get a chance at revenge. <laughs> I like this matchup. It was surprising, and I'm, I'm all for it. Didn't get one of those NFC East matchups. We had chosen the Vikings. It was for d- .com, so it definitely went oh. on .com. Uh, and people can watch up to the minute our the show the uh, hit that we taped. If they happen to listen to this podcast very quickly, will be on Friday. Maybe we'll send it out on Twitter. Yeah, that's a good idea. Twitter Greg. show two two p.m. Uh, what is it? Pacific. Ah, it's a good. Whatever. Show. It's great. Falcons. Matt Ryan. Like I like this. This is a great opening night game. I kind of like the out of the. What's not to field. like about it? It's a good one, Mark. Right. I like that it's not Cowboys Giants for the first time yes. in my adulthood. Um, <laughs> I can get behind it. I think it was a great playoff game. No, Mark's right. By the way, you thought he was exaggerating there. I, Every opening night game for the last 40 years has been Giants Gi- at Dallas. Well, it always has the defending champion, so it's only had the Giants a couple times. But, yeah, okay. Was, 95% of NFL games are Cowboys yes, and Giants. Sunday night games. It's I'm in favor of this. I have no arguments at all. And it should be the, it should be the Eagles, number one. Yeah, well, so yeah. You got well, that. it has to be. That's it has the to rule. be. But it's – I mean, I, I didn't look at the rest of their schedule, but they could have – Why not? They could have put it up against the Giants. It could have been Eagles-Giants. Why that would have been – Why didn't you look at the rest of the – Been preoccupied with other things. Why didn't you schedule – study the schedules of all 32 teams? Got the rest of spring and summer to do that if I even choose to. Probably will not then. <laughs> uh, Greg, how about the Thanksgiving games? You like them? I like them. I like – What are they? The the primetime game in Thanksgiving is awesome, and that's been that's hit, your game. hit or miss every this year. This is Greg's favorite game of the year. But now they have no choice but to play Saints-Falcons on Thanksgiving night. Uh, Falcons in a short week. That's a tough spot for them going to New Orleans. you got to think that this game is going to matter. I can't imagine these teams are going to be out of the mix. It's such a great rivalry. And often that final game is kind of an after. Sometimes it's an afterthought because the teams are out of the mix by then. What are you laughing about? I'm just picturing like NFL Films Top 10 Countdown where it's best rivalries and they get, you know, the whole Top 10 list and Greg's in there like, just pitching for the Falcons and oh, yeah. Saints as the, as the best rivalry in the NFL. No, I, you know, put it in the top five. <laughs> this has been your game. Five. I mean, you open with Bears-Lions, which is when we get tagged with covering these games. I quickly, around early October, make my pitch to cover the earliest possible game on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to do a little Bears-Lions action. And once, begins once at, Sue left Detroit, oh, you were kind of in the clear of it being it's, a disaster. It's a milquetoast, yeah. you know, zero headline affair, and you're yeah. out by noon. As a former manager, I, I can say with knowledge, no one gets ahead of the game on schedule <laughs> stuff or assignments. 
like Mark Sessler. <laughs> you, know, you know, that said, last year, Vacations last year, years that's, that's not how last year things, went. Things are just cornered. Then I had a six-hour empty block where we had to come in and we did our podcast wrap-up. I would like to see oh, if I the three of show. us or the four of us could possibly <laughs> top our Thanksgiving recap, which was a three-and-a-half-star wonder. There were... <laughs> There were without. I'm not even going to say who the parties were, but there were a couple of worried phone calls the following morning, following our Thanksgiving show last year. Just leave were it there. Yeah, a couple of worried phone calls. Listeners seem to like it. Well, the phone calls from you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was a little concerned. Uh, and what's the what's the middle game? Redskins Cowboys. That's Seems good. Pretty often. On Feels like that's every other year. Cowboys always play, obviously, as well. And a nice little division yeah. matchup. And we don't get Giants-Cowboys, so that's yeah. fine. I, I do think it's the second time in three years, if I'm not mistaken, that they've basically said, hey, AFC, F you on Thanksgiving. <laughs> After the butt fumble, they just cleared out all AFC games for the rest of the time on Thanksgiving. Uh, and revenge games, wrote a little piece on .com. I'm going to throw out some nice little revenge matchups. Wes, you tell me if it lights up your Christmas. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Colts. Versus Josh, Josh McDaniels, week five, Sunday Night Football. The rivalry's back on. All right, that feels like a legitimate gripe. And, and, and their GM, or the new coach, Frank Reich, said, said it's back on. He said, rivalry's mm. back on. It's like, he sure did. All right, let's, let's, get, out when of, was it ever let's on? get out of the top five of the draft before <laughs> we say that. Like, I picture LeGarrette Blunt and Jonas Gray running for 300 yards every time I picture Colts Patriots. Wes, week two, 1 p.m. on Fox, Aaron Rodgers versus Anthony Barr. That's not really doing it. Yummy. Good game, I think, though. like, Packers-Vikings is more interesting than, Good like, game. Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to do to Anthony Barr? Next up, week two. Week two is going to be a fun week. 4.05 Eastern on CBS. Marquette King versus the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> really? I mean, they didn't even get the 4.25 spot. That's, that's <laughs> Give me a break on that one. Bruce Irvin versus Marquette King. All right, how about this? Week 10, 1 p.m. CBS. Malcolm Butler versus Bill Belichick. That's a legitimate gripe. I mean, I could almost watch a, a Titans game. That's that's how excited I am. Oh, the that. Titans could be fun. All right, we'll see about that. Matt Castle's no longer on the roster. I we, mean, Mal- Malcolm Butler has said multiple times this offseason how much he like respects and loves Bill Belichick for what he did for his career. So how much does he love what happened in the Super Bowl? Not much. About as much as the rest of the So what you're saying, Patriots Greg, is that them. it's not a big deal. <laughs> I, I'm saying people aren't going to be – that excited about it. And finally, week 13, the first matchup between these two old rivals, uh, 8.20 p.m. Sunday night football, Richard Sherman against the Seattle Seahawks. Hopefully he's on the field. That's the big – especially when you write the revenge games piece, it's like, let's hope these guys are playing football. You uh, you did a really good job with this article. A lot of buy-in from you. I'm all in. I love revenge. Yeah, you the bu- lead you up bought to, into the, the concept. The lead up to Sherman versus Seattle will be professional extremely list. ponderous. <laughs> that we know. Any other takeaways, Mark? Uh, my one takeaway, because you have the Jaguars Patriots as another uh, revenge. Well, game. not as revenge. I meant just overall. We okay. Well, I am. Revenge. I find it annoying that the Jaguars have fewer primetime games than the Titans and Broncos, hmm. and no more than the Bears, Jets, and Lions. That they chose the Titans to have more primetime games than the Jaguars after what happened last season. I don't have a huge problem with it. I, don't I personally ja- do. I think Jaguars are a good team with a bad quarterback. They've got better uniforms. Super exciting. That's team. crazy. I, I, well, I don't know what you have improved. to do. I don't know what you have to do. The Jaguars, I mean, to, to say we're a team that's arrived, and I understand the doubt around the quarterback, but there's just as many doubts for me around the Titans and what the Titans are in general. And by the way, the Broncos. That's saying that they're like ratings poison. Please. Well, I think it's because they're stuck down in the middle of Florida and no one thinks they can draw an audience. Looking at looking at their schedule, it is somewhat circumstantial that they're, they've got the national window 425 game. Like the big, some of the biggest team games on their roster, on their schedule, 425 Patriots. Like that's a bigger audience than a primetime game is when you get the national audience. 425 Cowboys, and then they're in London against the Eagles. So, yeah, they, they took a lot of those out of primetime. But I think we're going to see a lot of the Jags. Their schedule's loaded with the Steelers. I mean, all these teams that are like national teams. How about a little week three Thursday night football? Yeah, I was surprised to see the Jets in primetime two of the first three weeks. Jets, Browns. <laughs> in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Who else is going to be there? Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. We're going to be there. We'll make it happen I somehow. Bank on that. I would bank on it. Put we it got, in the we bank. We got months to work. Lock it up. Months to work on this. Come on, shadowy leagues. You're going to have to take the shadowy league figures out for drinks. That's not hard. 
It can be done. Uh, yeah, very easily it could be Tyrod Taylor versus Josh McCown, but uh, wouldn't it be something? Why not do the schedule the week after the draft? Because they put the Jets in primetime two of the first three weeks, which really surprised me, including the first Monday night football game, which really surprised me too. And then, I'm, and then I thought more about it. And I thought, okay, I guess they're – they're betting on the rookie. You want to get That's the, a good point. Though. You want to get the New York team in early before their record gets too bad. So early, they're still interested. Yeah. So like that sort of makes sense. But you know, what if they take Quentin Nelson and some, I don't know. What would have made a little bit more sense? Maybe. Oh, please don't even put that <laughs> out in the world. <laughs> uh, if if you're assuming the Jets, and I don't know if they look at the schedule and the teams in this way, so they probably don't. But if you're going to put the Jets on a Monday Night Football, maybe wait wait till Week Ten when what, this rookie is probably playing. Mm. Well, I, I think they think more, let's put them early before the season goes to a ride. Right. Because everyone's interesting early. I love your drafting, though, because back in 1985, rookie quarterbacks didn't start in week one. Now, I, I, I don't care what anyone says for three months in the offseason. Right. Guaranteed, most of them are starting by week three or four. And you package that schedule to get those guys on prime time as early as possible. Yeah. And, and you would know you don't know any of that now. Um, all right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, now comes the time. Sometimes imitated. Hmm. Never duplicated. It's You're the GM, baby. What is You're the GM? That's easy. It's a little role play. Uh, each of the four of us will portray. We will embody. We will become. We will melt into uh, the role of a executive in the National Football League, uh, making one phone call. And this is important. And I think uh, we didn't even discuss this as a group. It's, it's, I think it's understand, understood that this is real business. This, is not, this isn't going to be a farce. The, the one GM is going to call the other GM, and he's going to want to do some business but right before the draft. And that's what you're the GM is. Who wants to get it going? Mark? I will. All right, get it going. All right, this is a call. Do you want me to announce the call before, or do we just do the call? I believe you announced the call, the call and right? you announce who is playing the other general manager. All right, this is a call placed from the greater Massachusetts area from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick to Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean. <laughs> Uh, who is who's uh, who's being counted? I will counted. be Bill Belichick and Dan Hansis will be Brandon B. All right, here we go. Bean counter. Speak hey Beanie, me. it's Belichick down here in Box Pro. Hey Belly. Yeah, I'm whatever. To, you're talking to the Beanie. Hey, hey, what's up with that, man? Just another day down here. <laughs> This lake affects snow is no joke, bro. Yeah, we're working to get better down here, working to improve. Long way to go. Are you even listening to me? <laughs> Had a few minutes. <laughs> Thought I'd call you up. All right, what's up, Belly? It's busy writing up some long-winded press conference transcripts on punters. You and Shawnee could learn from this. Basically, I just say anything about special teams for 10-plus minutes during my Friday presser and all these white-hot nerds eat it up <laughs> like I'm FDR giving a fireside chat about the Emergency Banking Act. Total losers. Hey, you're the king, Billy. You're the anyway, king. Bill Belichick, Brandon Bean, BB1 to BB2. Oh, yeah, the bean counter. Listen, I know you guys. You need a quarterback? Well, wait a second. You need a quarterback. You got, got AJ. AJ McCarron, please. Have you seen his tats? An NFL team would have to work hard not to find one as long as you haven't had one. <laughs> All right, that seemed unnecessary, but it's not incorrect either. You need more than a quarterback, though, Beanie. All right, Belly. Your damn team slipped in the playoffs last year, fell backwards into it. You know it. I know it. Everyone watching football knows it. Well, we won the game and then got some help on the outside. That's not really falling. But go on. Here's the deal, Beans. Listen up. Get your notepad out. I'm counting. I'm going to give you Tom Brady. (laughs) You heard me. Yeah, I'll take it. You give me, <laughs> you right. give me, Yes. write this down, Beans. Hey, Bean Counter's writing. Bean Counter, I need your number 12, your number 53, your number 56. Wait, you're not taking both my first rounders? And next year's second rounder. It's oh, a good trade. <laughs> QB problem solved for two years while you find a successor. The Bills become the NFL's glory boy team. I know that matters to your ownership. So let's just go over this again, Belly. Um, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, 
still in his prime in exchange for <laughs> still in his prime only only one of my two first round picks which is a little surprising thank you uh and then uh, two second rounders over uh both this year or or one both each your year. second rounders this year and a second round the last year i just gave away jimmy g for a second rounder <laughs> i know what i'm doing is this really belly Listen, let me tell you how this works. Put Linda on the phone. If you say no, if you say no to this, here's what happens. Someone somewhere calls up Vic Carucci from the Buffalo News and informs them that the Bills just turned down Tom Brady for a second rounder. Of course, those aren't the terms of the deal, but who's going to believe them? They're going to believe Bill Belichick or they're going to believe Billy Beans or whatever your name is. (laughs) My name is Brandon Bean? Make it up, Brandon. You want to do this or not? Uh, I'm going to tell you what, Bill. Um, first of all, I appreciate the phone call. Your tone could be a little bit better. We are con- we are contemporaries. We're colleagues. Um, I'm going to take this deal, and I am going to send you a bouquet of flowers because even though I know Tom probably only has a couple years left. At most. What, <laughs> what would make me more of a legend in western New York with all that lake effect snow? Uh, than importing Tom Brady and still somehow having my first-round draft pick uh, this upcoming week. I mean, it will be seen as the heist heard around the world, and so I'm going to get off the phone, Bill, before you change your mind. In fact, I've already processed the paperwork, and I have Tom on the other line. So Deal done. You asked Drew Bledsoe how this goes. All right, later. Wow, we got a deal done right off the bat. Ooh. Wow. Well, Greg, your thoughts if you had to write a quick-take analysis piece. Um, for the first time, no, this is a big deal. This matters. Everything is not okay. I believe, um, Robert Kraft would drive Bill Belichick out of the building and, uh, everything nice that we've said about him over the last two decades. We're going to put that on hold for a few, few decades. It's time to let Josh McDaniels just run the franchise. I didn't even think so. Brian, this this is sabotage from the inside. This is sabotage. Well, this is, this is pre-draft. Oh, you're going to go get the quarterback. This is pre-draft. Oh, you'll have three first-round picks. And four second-rounders. <laughs> Greg, you said last week that the Bills are sneaky rebuilding. Yeah. This would blow up the entire rebuilding process. <laughs> <laughs> this would be worth it. you got to say yes, It would put him on the map as the NFL's darling team for a year and a half. Maybe win a Super Bowl. Maybe Bill knows more than we do. All right. Uh, Wes, you're up. Greg is Dave Gettleman. I am Tom Coughlin. I should have worked on that Gettleman accent. <laughs> Got to channel your Massachusetts background on this one. Yeah, it's Dave. Gets. It's Tommy here. Tommy Coughlin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's from Boston? <laughs> What's happening? Didn't Coughlin used to coach at Boston College? He did. Okay, there you go. Hey, you know... I'll we, get off the line. <laughs> this isn't a party line. <laughs> you know, we own Bill Belichick. Belly, we own him. We got him twice in the Super Bowl. If my quarterback wasn't so lousy, we would have had him in the AFC Championship game last mm. year. I can't fix Blake Bortles. I can't fix Blaine Bortles. Blake. Blake Bortles. Uh, but I'm I'm going to make him fail-proof. Yeah, we own him. Remember that party after the 2011 Super Bowl? Mm, Strahan. That's wild. We're going to make this guy fail-proof. I've already gotten the best defense in the NFL. We spent the offseason trying to bolster the offense. The missing piece is Odell Beckham. Whoa. He's the missing piece. If, oh. I, if I can put him with Bortles, we can – we're going to blow up the AFC. It, it's lousy right now. There's only one contender, and it's the Patriots. We're going we're gonna to overtake them. I'll give you our first-round pick, the 29th pick in the draft, second-year receiver, D.D. Westbrook, and next year's second-round pick for Odell Beckham. Mm. Mm. Let's yeah. say that one more time. Sorry. The 29th pick in the draft this year, D.D. Westbrook, and next year's second-round pick. Mm. You know I love you, Tom. I mean, everything we did together. <laughs> and uh, I'm enjoying this performance. <laughs> you know those videos Odell's got little, little uh, left to center. Let's say, not not a fan of those. Fair. But uh, he's the best wide receiver in the league. He's a, he's the best 
He's the best player that we got on our team. I'm going to need a little more. I mean, you're throwing D.D. Westbrook at me. Come on. I figure you need you somebody. Where do you think D.D. Westbrook? I mean, come on. You need somebody to start opposite of, of Shepard. So that, he's a throwing. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's make it first round pick this year. D.D. Westbrook. And we'll make the second rounder this year, too, instead of next year. Oh, well, let's just move it up here. It's the same pick. <laughs> People get all excited. Oh, next year's pick is worthless. Still still the same pick. No. I love you know, Odell's a good player. We just want to scare him a little bit. Just want to scare him. I got no Dukes. He's got no mm. Dukes. All right. That's all. Love you, Tom. Sorry. Mm. Nice performance by Greg. Really nice. Yeah, that was good. Um, I have another Gettleman call coming up. The, the question is, Greg, do you want to reprise Gettleman or do you want to give someone else a... I think you guys... I don't want to do it again. Why? You've got to reprise... He's in his prime playing Gettleman. You're Gettleman. You're Gettleman. How can you do it? I'm not Gettleman. No, you've got to go back to Greg. Greg, you have to. Gettleman. All right, Gettleman, the phone's ringing off the hook today. (laughs) Stay in character, Greg. By the way, I agree with what Greg did there. You don't take that deal. That's... Yeah, I'm with Greg. Need more. Nice try by Coughlin. First and a second. Need more. He got killed in the New York press for that. Um... The making the phone call is John Elway, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, and he wants to get uh, Mr. Dave Gettleman on the phone as well. Yeah, what's happening, Tom? I, I told you. I told you, no Odell, Tom. It's three every time. <laughs> what's happening? Hey, it's John. What's up, Dave? Oh, no. So, so what, you always talk like that? It's not just in the... Uh... John wants his man. John is ready to trust his instincts. John is ready to make a move up the board to get his man. Yeah, this is. can you talk like an Oma person? What's going on here? This draft is for salvaging John's reputation. Oh, hang on a second. I have another phone call. <laughs> This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for John. This song's for John. And that one's for John. This one's for John. Oh, yeah. Also, that one's for John. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm back. You still there? <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> All right, so this is what I'm thinking. I want to move up that draft board. I'm sitting at number five, of course. You are sitting at number two. I don't want Odell Beckham. No, what? we're going to pretend like that, that hold music didn't just happen there? What? I don't know what, what you're talking about. I have nothing to do with that element of the production here. All right, let's get on with that. All right, here we go. John is a big fan of the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart. It's for John. <laughs> the number two pick, the one you currently hold, Dave. It's worth 2,600 points, according to Double J. The number five pick, 1,700 points it's worth. So this is what I have to offer to you. I will give you, in exchange for the two, the number five. And also, (laughs) in the second round, the number 40th pick. That's worth 500 points. We're up to 2,200. I will add a first-round pick. From 2016, <laughs> which was Paxton Lynch. <laughs> What's that word? Like negative 125 points? I don't know. That's you tell me shot. if not you could salvage him. Your quarterback situation ain't too hot. Hey, we got Davis Webb. We got future Hall of Famer, Eli Manning. Give so me, anyway, give me a break. The five plus the 40 plus Paxton Lynch to move up to the two. John, you know, I can I, I, I got I just my uh, used car lot just called. Can you hang on one second? <laughs> Please. This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for John. This song's for John. This one's for John. And that one's for John. Also, this one's for John. And all right, that one's for John. 
have to think of it. This one's for John, and also that one's for John. I'm sorry about that. I'm back. All right, so what? we got a deal or what? Well, I got to say, that, that song put me in a much more generous mood. <laughs> that was beautiful. That that lady's got some pipes. Uh, you Don't know I, what you're talking about. I was going to say, you know, no way. Paxton Lynch, give me a break here. I I think if I, I'd be interested in moving down, I just need a little bit more. All right, how about a little bit more? Take Paxton out of the mix. He's a complete disaster anyway. I agree. <laughs> uh, I'll throw in another third rounder. That almost puts us right uh, at the same value on the Jimmy Johnson draft chart. So you're going to get the number five, the number 40th in the second round, and then you'll get a number three mm. next year. Uh, just to move back three spots. Yeah, people people overpaying on that draft value chart. That was made in the 1990s. Now, you see what old Beanie did in <laughs> Buffalo? He's just giving up crazy uh, numbers uh, on that draft value chart. Make it, a, make it a two next year, and you got a deal. All right, it's a two. We're moving on up. <laughs> this draft's for John. Later. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that's a good trade. I think that's a fair trade. Who is the lady with the pipes? That was Sidney Carlson, that was wasn't Sydney it? Carlson. Come on, really? unbelievable! Wow, how could you not know that voice? One of the most unmistakable Woo. voices of this generation. That's, that's beautiful. It's quite a pool getting. Sydney. I mean, that was catchy. I'm gonna be. I want that in. Uh, <laughs> this that on one's for John. Listen to that voice. This one's. In fact, for let's John. let's play out the show with Sydney. This one's for John. All right. I'm going to start moving. calling the Broncos facility just and <laughs> ask to speak to someone unobtainable. All right, Greg, you're up. All right. I'm going to play uh, Mickey Loomis, Saints executive vice president uh, and general manager. Mm-hmm. Pelicans executive vice president, too. Uh, and I'm going to give uh, old uh, Brian Gutekunst a call. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. How about, how about Mark Sessler? Gutekunst! Is that how his – I believe his accent is not of that nature, just to throw that out there. Feels like a missed opportunity yeah. if you don't go that I think I, think I already road, used my – I'm operating at 28%. I'm going to do my best. Use my yeah. Loomis voice for, you know, Gettleman, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, last year we, we remember that it was too many rings and we just didn't make the adjustment, so that's life. Uh, Guti here. <laughs> just kidding. I don't talk that way. Brian Gutenkus, what's up? Hey, it's Loomis. Oh, the Pelicans, man. How you Pelicans doing? <laughs> Mickey Loomis. Basketball guy. No, Saints guy. Okay, what's Great, up? Yeah, greatest draft in history last year. Maybe you heard. Eh, you had maybe something to do with it, just you, a little bit. You you know the name. Oh, oh wait, hold, hold on a sec. No, no, don't trade Anthony Davis. No, never do that. <laughs> ah, this guy. Never do that. He's Basketball never, guy. That's never happened. He's got oh, a lot of irons in the fire. Hold on. B-ball man. <laughs> All right. You greatest, called me? Greatest draft in history. You, you know the name. Right? Yeah, I read the article Look, by Mark Sessler. Great, greatest draft in history. <laughs> so uh, you hear, uh, you know, Sean Payton says no no QBs in this class, right? Right? Put that out there. Everyone. Peter oh, King, yeah. That, top guy that in, changed everything that we're doing here in Green Bay. Top guy, top guy in the business. You know, everyone thinks that now. But no, no. Actually, we loved him. See, see, what he was doing was he was saying he didn't love them. But he loves him. Pretty, pretty clever. Pretty clever. Right, right Goody? I, you know, he, my, said, he said the opposite. You see what I'm saying? You guys it's, have a great chemistry. He, he said the, the opposite. The time, time here in Green Bay is limited. We are working hard towards the draft. If you could possibly wager <laughs> right. on towards a point here, Mickey. <laughs> All right. So, good guns. Got to be careful with that name, huh? <laughs> you know, this right. is not off to a good what, start at all, sir. All right, you got nothing but time. You just started. It's, it's almost like he's just lonely. He just wants to have someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah, can we? You got nothing but time. You you just you just got there, playing playing for the future. I trade. No, I don't do the things. The, I don't do things the way you do down there. I trade you, number twenty number twenty seven, for fourteen. I give you. Next year's second round pick. This year's fifth round pick. Free dinner at Clancy's. Best dinner in New Orleans. They'll take care of you. And then uh, Juvenile. You agreed to play any halftime show you want. All the hits. Wait a minute. Back what, that what ass up. What this deal? Back that ass up. Ha. Even slow motion. The, the newest stuff. And anything. Anything you want. It's available. 27 to 14. It's available. 27 to 14. Got connection. I mean, the way I look at this draft, uh, 
after doing homework, homework that you possibly haven't done. Maybe your head coach. No, no, no. Hold on a second. No, no. Don't give J. Rue Holiday more money. Uh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, you seem a bit distracted. <laughs> J. Rue. We look at this draft as once you get past, you know, 14, 15, there really isn't that player that the Packers could view as a blue chip type player. And so you're asking me to take a fifth round pick and a dinner at Clancy's. I can get that on my, I can get, you, you, I could buy dinner on you my, got, you, get you that? got a first round pick this year. I get the first round pick. Next you're asking me to shuffle next down. Next year's second steps. round pick. Can you add, how about this, this? How about this year's third round pick? Move it up. Along with the fifth. No, taking the fifth off. And what is Green Bay giving up? The 14th and what? What is 14th? What is Green Bay giving up in this? That's it. The fourteenth. That's it. That's it. Well, because see what Sean Payton was doing there. He said the quarterbacks they're not good, but people aren't thinking about Lamar Jackson. People aren't thinking where. Don't tell him. Well, yeah, (laughs) you know, Goody's got to ask himself a question. Why are you telling me what the Saints are about to do to position themselves in a way to beat the Packers in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Hold on a second. It, it's called the Smoothie King Too Center? Too much information. No, you got to change that name. The Smoothie King Center. Infor- That's an embarrassment. Change that name. Okay, hold on. I am very concerned about you <laughs> and your general well-being yeah, down in New Orleans. I am not doing this deal. <laughs> Farewell. Understandable. I will not be doing this deal with you. Good luck to you. I truly, about, do, right. I truly wish you good luck. Your final statement. All right. How about I change it? Instead of juvenile, you get mystical. I truly wish you good luck. Goodbye. Now, I know he's in prison. <laughs> um, mm. Somebody's still on the line. There we go. All right. I understand why Gunti didn't want to do business there. It was just just something didn't seem right. Something didn't, didn't seem right. But I just think that they, it's your first time as a GM. Do you want to pick at 27 or 14 unless the deal? The offer was good, though. I the offer wasn't bad. Trade, but I understand eh. why you might want to might not want to do business with people you don't necessarily eh. trust. Didn't trust them. All right. One more time around the horn. Here we Liked go. Liked it. Okay. Uh, here we go. This one is in- sometimes imitated. Never duplicated. Go ahead, Mark. True. In absentia, Browns GM, ex-Browns GM, Sashi Brown, attempting to contact current Browns GM, John Dorsey. Love it. Mr. Dorsey, will you accept a collect call from (laughs) Sashi? Oh, yes, I will. I didn't know we still had collect calls. This is good. (laughs) Hey, it's a collect call. I think we just get put through to each other. What's up? Hey, John Sashi Brown. That is how it normally works. Little concerned about that. I think our, the... pr- our producer's a little young, doesn't know what a collect call. Hey, very fair. Very yeah. fair. Well, first of all, you're welcome for this offseason. Oh, thank you. I just thought I'd that. tell you that. I am calling you because I'm Sashi Brown. I still care about the Cleveland Browns, and I'm telling you. Really? Even you after need... all they did to you? Care very much. Still making a lot of money from the Cleveland Browns on the side, but I have a side job as well. All right. I want to talk I'm to you a cowboy, about something. By the you, way. you will. Are you? Re- you're going to listen to what I have to say. Do you respect me? Not totally. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna, an old school football guy. You know that. I'm a cowboy. We might see the world differently. You're a math guy. We see the world differently. But I'm going to talk to you about some actual hard road work that I've been doing. I've been camped out down in Buffalo at a listening post. What's that? <laughs> well, it's where Sashi's <laughs> been parked for the last three weeks. I want to talk to you about something that I picked up on the street. All right, let's hear it. The Bills and the Patriots are about to announce a trade for Tom Brady. <laughs> you got to be kidding. I thought this the same meta. thing. This is actually about to be announced tonight. You need to get in front of this. I know that you like to say, oh, John Dorsey goes dark. You've got to let the light shine in because you're going to need to pick up the phone here, buddy. Tom Brady to the Buffalo Bills. Here is the upshot. Listen okay. to this. The Patriots now have... The number 12, the number 23, and the number 31 picks in this draft. Three first-rounders and netting this deal from the Bills. Four second-rounders. Here's what I need you to do if you're willing to listen. You call up Bill Belichick. You give up your dreams about this number one pick. I have it on record from a Patriots-friendly friend in the media. Who is he? One clue. He loves the Sopranos and the Sixers. He loves Napoleon quotes, and he used to have your job and my job in Cleveland. Yeah, anyway, that guy was a mess. My source has it firsthand from Belichick that New England will part with number 12, number 23, and all four of their seconds to move up to number one. John, 
The Patriots will take their guy. They will be lauded. But in reverse, I have this on good record. You will then have number four, <laughs> Pretty plugged number in. 12, number 23, and seven second-round picks in this draft. You take the quarterback you want at your still-existing number four pick. I won't interfere, but Sashi likes Josh Rosen's vibe a lot. You then have two more first-rounders and seven second-rounders before Friday night wraps. Remember, I was the one who first told you to draft Lamar Jackson plus another quarterback. Maybe he'll be there at 12. That's how Sashi does it. You feeling me, Mr. Dorsey? Time is running out. Please insert more money. Please listen, Mr. Dorsey. (laughs) Do it. Sashi out. I just got the strangest call. <laughs> it was a man named Sashi who was telling me what to do. Sashi. Do we believe him? Was that Sashi? I feel like I would probably, if that was a real thing, would have to do that deal. And I'd take those seven second rounders and I'd get back into the first round and pick another first rounder. Tying the Jets record for four, four, four I'd, first I'd rounders. I'd trade four twos to get into a late first round pick. Why not? Because we have how many roster spots do we have? We can't just you can't. draft fifty guys. Three first rounders <laughs> and seven second rounders. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna package those second rounders to get back into the first round, maybe twenty to thirty, and then I'll have between four and twenty-seven, say four first round picks. Hopefully, I hit on two or three of those guys, including the quarterback, and we're in the playoffs next January. Mm. I hey, would do that if any of this happened. Like Mary Kay Cabot and Tony Grossi's heads would just explode. <laughs> it would just be too. Too much to compute. I, do, I don't know what just happened. Uh, interesting. All right, Wes, you're up. Very fascinating. I, I like am. How, by the way, I like how you doubled down on an earlier premise from round one. Very it's, a, it's called building a story. There's the, like the opener nice and the closer. All right, Wes. I am Arizona Cardinals general manager Steve Keim. Dan is Colts general manager Chris Ballard. <laughs> Here we go. I like circus peanuts. <laughs> what? Oh, I Chris thought I was Ballard. calling the general manager. Uh, Chris Ballard here. Oh, hey, this is Kimebomb. Kimebomb. I'm hey, Kimebomb. What's up? I need a quarterback. Hey. You, were, you know, we're, I got quarterbacks. We're selling Sam Bradford, but we, this guy's going to get injured tomorrow. Oh, he's beat up. Yeah, we, we need a, a quarterback. And I'm dangling David Johnson. I know Frank Gore's gone. Y'all haven't had a hundred yard game since nineteen seventy three. It's been it's been tough sledding. Yeah, I, I'm selling David Johnson and pick fifteen. Hold on, please. Kim Diche, Kim Diche, why did you fall out that window? Kim Diche, Kim Diche, now your draft stock is falling to Kim Diche, Kim Diche. Why did you crash out that window, Kim Diche? Kim Diche, this is your last chance to prove yourself. Don't fall once more. Wow. Are you still there? Still here. David Johnson. Uh, all right. And pick number 15. Whoa. For running back Marlon Mack and your sixth pick. That gives you wow. you're up there with like Sashi Brown's Hall. Can we can we can we repeat this? David Johnson and pick fifteen for Marlon Mack and the number six pick in the draft. What am I missing here? Moving up to six is nice. We're getting Josh Rosen, baby. You're going to get a quarterback. I get it. No guarantee. He's falling. He's dropping like a bag of hammers. Get Josh Allen. All right. Uh, I feel like given. <laughs> Our situation here in Indianapolis, and you know uh, that we are um, moving forward. I've got a, I got a ton of positive press from Mark Sessler on the Around the NFL podcast based on my press conference performance <laughs> after the Josh McDaniels incident. So uh, a lot of goodwill. You got Sessler? I got, you got his approval? I got, Sessler's on my side. And based off that, I'm feeling really bullish about the future. I think Andrew Luck is going to. Uh, I think Andy's going to be playing this year, so I'm not going to be thinking about a quarterback at six. I'm going to think about getting my roster better. It's going to be a great talent at 15. This is a nice draft. Um, 
so it's hard for me to turn down an all-pro like David Johnson. And I know he's coming off that knee injury. What are the, what's the paperwork on that? He's great. Never been better. Best shape of his life. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I've heard it. Uh, so I have no worries there. Uh, Marlon Mack, a nice little player. He's not David Johnson. So I absolutely will take this deal. I got to take this deal. I'd be crazy not to. I mean, you're, I'm, again, Kime Bomb. Kime Bomb gets deals done. Tick, tick, tick. That could be your, your job security uh, if this doesn't work out. If you end up getting stuck with Josh Allen or something, and hey, he doesn't work out. It's it's never easy to rebuild. We lost Bruce Arians. We lost Carson Palmer. I'm in a pinch. I, I understand my job security is on the line, but you know this as well as I do. Job security is on the line mm. every day in the NFL. We got to make bold moves. We need a quarterback. You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. All right. We got a deal. Uh, one question I have for you. <laughs> What's your favorite type of frog? Kermit. All right. We're done. Nice doing business with you. Very good. See the headline now. Kind bombed. <laughs> that is a steal for the Colts. Yeah, that's that's troubling. I mean, if you especially unless if they don't unless get their they know something about David Johnson that the Colts don't know, it feels if, like a, especially if Marshall trades ahead of him and takes you know Josh Rosen. He, that would really NFL teams don't build around running backs. Come on. Uh, all right, this next call, Jerry Jones, general manager and owner of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, will be calling Bengals general general manager Mike Brown. I think it has to be Chris Wessling. Oh yeah, considering their shared history. <laughs> Uh, so let's do this. Mikey boy here. Hey, Jared Jones here. Jared. How are you doing, buddy? Well, it's not as good as the 1930s. <laughs> America's gone downhill. Can't take it. Sorry to hear about that, Mike. I think this is a great country, and I run America's team. Let me tell you something, though. I'm madder than a wet hen right now. <laughs> How mad is a wet hen? The e- Very mad. The Eagles are champions. We missed the playoffs again. Roger made me pay all that dang money. But you know what? Today's a new day. And I think it could be a new day for your boys and Cincy as well. All right, let's have it. All right, I'm going to cut to the chase here. I want – I don't want your <laughs> life. I want A.J. Green. That boy's a three-jump cowboy, and I'm fixing to get him. Three-jump cowboy. Absolutely, and I know what you're thinking. Old Jerry, he's got a big old hole in his screen door. Jerry's gone crazy as a bull bat. I'm not crazy, though. I ain't crazy. I'm fixing to get me a Dez replacement. Y'all see, Dez was a son to me, but I had to move on, and now I need a better son. <laughs> and that's why I'm a call. And listen, you ain't going nowhere with your team. Andy Dalton? He's all hot and no kettle, my friend. No cattle, my friend. He's yellow as mustard, but without the bite. He stays in the shadow of his mama's apron, you understand? It's time for you to rebuild, and I can help with a first-round pick. That is gold currency in this National Football League. Steven, get off the phone. Get off the phone, Steven. This is my deal. 19th overall pick. Pick for player swap. Easy as pie, slick as a whistle. A.J. Green for a first-rounder. And if that ain't a fact, God's a possum. <laughs> first of all, I invented Cowboys and Indians. I was the first man ever to play Cowboys and Indians. We go back a long way. You're not putting one over on old Mikey boy. You Come are on. not putting – I don't know who you think you are selling this. Come on. I'm going to need way more than the 19th pick in the draft for AJ one of the Gr- best wide receivers in the NFL. One of the best players, but what is he, 28 years old now? Ain't no youngin, and you have a lot of rebuilding to do. What you can do is start the rebuild right now with an extra first-round pick. Maybe get yourself another quarterback. Maybe find the next A.J. Green because this generation, this current team, the next five years, you ain't hoisting no Lombardi. I hoisted, hoisted a lot of Lombardis. Three in case you forgot. Jerry, did you sleep through the 90s? <laughs> Nobody knows more about rebuilding than Mikey Boy Brown. We have rebuilt over and over and over again and blown draft picks. And turn down passels of draft picks. This is not one of the best deals I've heard. We are not rebuilding. We think we can contend in the North, and we need A.J. Green to do it. All right, if, what if I sweeten the pot a little bit? All right, you listening? I'm listening. I will throw in a second-round pick next year. So a first and a second for your 28-year-old wide receiver for a team that's, let's face it, not going anywhere in the near future. Have you seen what I've done with my draft picks? 
Keely Smith, David Klingler, Kajana Carter. I don't need draft picks. You're highly self I need stars. I've got stars. All right. Well, it's time to put out, out the fire and call on the dogs. So long. Jarrah out. Mm. Too bad. I didn't think it was a terrible trade. Is that a terrible offer? I mean, where are the where's Cincinnati right now in the grand scheme? Of what was things? the final offer? Two picks, a first, a and first, a second? And a, first this year, a second next year. It's not a terrible offer, but I wouldn't take it. I could see the Bengals not taking it. Another team might, if they thought they could. And get, yes, get I mean, basically, yeah, you're trading. I mean, AJ Green is the best case possible for a first round pick. So and he signed like the, to a reasonable deal. So. I think you called up like the least risky franchise sure. around. That's the thing. If you found yeah. someone else like AJ Green that you wanted a little bit more of a risque franchise, they might they might listen to that. Yeah, but I wanted one of the big ones, and I the Giants. Mikey Brown is the original Glacier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, close this out, Greg. One All more right. round. All right. Finally, uh, this is going to be uh, Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach calling Veachy Ozzie Newsom. Uh, Beachy getting some pop. Played by Brett. I mean, played by Dan. I'm going to be Ozzie Newsome. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Ozzie, speak to me. Hey, hey, this is this is Brett. <laughs> Fred, Fred Veach. Fred, uh, speak the, up, boy. The, the Chiefs GM. Oh, all right. Okay. What's up, Brett? I just, I just want to say, like, you have my number, right? It's like in the league. It's in the league directory. Eight, the 816 number. You see it, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing the same thing. How can I help you, Brett? Yeah, just because I, I haven't had many calls. Like, I know, you know, John Dorsey got a lot of attention. He was like, hey, I'm tough. I'm no, I'm no nonsense, John Dorsey. I'm the tough guy around here. Like, but we have different styles. Like, I'm not getting any calls at all. Well, I, I don't know how to help you out with that, young man. We're very busy here in Baltimore. We're trying to rebuild a champion. We we got a nice deal set up uh, with a young man playing wide receiver, Willie Sneed. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about the Chiefs. I feel it's, like things are going funny, pretty it's well It's funny. Like, even the, in the Chiefs buildings, like, if you look at the at – the, the reporting structure, I report directly to the owner and still in the building. They're like, hey, Andy, what do you want to do? Hey, Andy, like, hey, what should we do with this guy? It's like, I, I'm the GM, Brett Veach. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> – so like uh, like at the combine, is there like is there like a party all the like GMs go to or something like a dinner or anything like that? Well, I'll tell you what, I I I feel sorry for Brett because I feel like you feel marginalized in your organization. But I'll tell you what, you are not alone. As you know, Eric DaCosta is in the building here. They're pushing old Ozzy out. Nobody remembers what Ozzy did. I built the Ravens. I don't know why I speak with a southern accent. This is a hard show to do. You're from Alabama. Emma? Yeah. Good. <laughs> so so there isn't a party? Or? There is a party. You are definitely not invited. Oh. oh. I'm sorry, Brett. Uh, it's not personal. It's just you are extremely, extremely ineffectual, and no one really wants to hang out with you. Well, That's actually, the problem. I just want to say hi. Just sort of like touch me. Oh, I, actually, I, I got to go. Big Red is walking this way. I'll see you. Bye. Poor <laughs> <laughs> no. Brett Beach. Oh, Brett. He will someday get a deal done. I can't wait till you interview him. Where did Brett fall on your GM rankings, by the way? <laughs> can't be very high. Uh, the, yeah, he, he was too early to be ranked. I like Brett Beach. How did, oh, yeah, we I can tell. I Rosenthal. I just uh, – <laughs> We can tell. It'd, that be, was, it'd be funny because no one knows anything about Brett Beach. If, gifted uh, vocal work. If that was uh, Brett Beach. <laughs> very nice, Greg. I, th- huh. I, th- I, I think you might have to get the award for the best uh, – Character work this year. That might. Have been, I mean, it's. I. <laughs> the Chiefs will be calling in three or four days, so soak it up while you can. It's our last show with Greg, but we really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, all right, there you go. You're the GM. There was no trade offer either. No, that was. <laughs> yeah. that, was yeah. that was just a touch base. He wants to go to that parties. Was, I get it. I yeah. get it. I like the that. idea. Was no one? No one's calling old Brett up. I everyone. Thought. Everyone forgets about Brett. Doesn't even need to make it. Very effective. Call. And uh, <laughs> everyone. Everyone knows the feeling of FOMO. So I get it. Uh, we will be we will be back on Monday. Uh, we will, it is our last show before uh, the draft on Thursday night, uh, and we will uh, have a special guest here. I will not announce who it is, but we will have someone uh, dropping by or a phone call. And also, yes, it's time again uh, for Go Get My Lunch Draft Edition, and um, working hard to see if we can maybe get Colleen Wolf in here for that because she has done so well 
uh, or she did really well two years ago, I believe, in this exercise. I wanted to give her another crack at it, but she's doing Path to the Draft on NFL Network, so we'll see if we can get Colleen in. If not, it will be the four heroes, the bozos ourselves, uh, but thank you for listening, and uh, and uh, that's it. Good work, everybody. Good trades. Some Fun. big trades. David oh, yeah. Johnson on the move, Tom Brady. <laughs> Got some big deals, Titanic Doug. moves. Uh, all right. Until Monday, this is Dan Hansa signing off for this one's for <laughs> the Quiet Storm, uh, the Mailman, the Old Boss, John. and Loose Cannon this behind the glass. Thank you, Erica, for, for all your help. Until Monday. This yeah. one's for John. Missy said. And that one's for John. Also, this one's for John. And all right, that one's for John. Come to think of it, this one's for John. And also, that one's for John. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.